Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21. Today we're doing something exciting. We're launching into our study of biblical prophecy starting in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. We're going to be looking at the first four verses, which, along with many of the verses in 1 Thessalonians, are so important for understanding the big picture of biblical prophecy. And let's turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for you all, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, verse 4, which is very important. For we know, brethren, beloved by God, that he has chosen you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, we're looking at the first four verses. And today we're talking about dispensationalism and Thessalonians. If you're the average American, you've probably heard about the rapture theory, the rapture at any moment theory, and it's very popular in the United States. For those who are on social media and the uh, TV and Internet, the bulk of prophecy teaching is given from a perspective of what's called dispensationalism. And when you look at the rapture theory, which is based on 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and particularly verse 17, you're not just looking at that verse, you're also simultaneously looking at a theory which is called dispensationalism. Now, there's two ways to interpret the scriptures And this isn't like a Protestant way and a Catholic way. This is just really the way. It's called, if you go to seminary and study seriously scripture, it's called exegesis. And ex is just the Greek preposition to mean out of, like an exit sign is where you go out through the door. Well, exegesis is a discipline where you have certain rules where you try to pull out from the scriptures themselves the meaning. What's the opposite of exegesis, reading out of Scripture? would be, well, reading in. And folks don't realize it. They think that they hear a preacher preach, for instance, on 1 Thessalonians, and they think they're just getting the text of 1 Thessalonians, and they're not. What they're getting is dispensationalism imposed on 1 Thessalonians. You can never get the rapture theory, the modern rapture theory, out of 1 Thessalonians 4 without dispensationalism. So really we have to explore what this term means and what it is before we can really get a clear understanding of what's going on in this epistle. Now in a nutshell, there's several aspects to dispensationalism. But dispensationalism has at its core a distinction between the church and Israel. And by Israel, they're talking about the ethnic Israel, 
the ethnic Jews in contrast to the church. And they believe that not just in the Old Testament, because there was a distinction between Israel and the rest of the nations, but even in the New Testament, dispensationalism claims that there are two people of God, not just one, two, Israel and the church. And dispensationalism tries to assign like, well, this part of the scripture is talking about the church. This part of the scripture is talking about Israel. And then they come to that text rather than starting with the text itself and reading out of it in a disciplined way. They're taking this theory and imposing it on different portions of scripture. So they believe there's two distinct people in the Bible, Israel and the church. And if you really delve into dispensationalism, it can actually get quite confusing rather rapidly because rather than having a kind of a single plan, it's hard enough to understand, but really you can get it. I don't think it's any more difficult than probably setting up a Gmail account. You can understand biblical prophecy, but when you start having two plans in a book that has one plan, you're going to get lots of confusion. So um, you'll find some pretty astonishing claims made by those who believe in dispensationalism. And if you take dispensationalism away, the rapture theory at any moment, based on 1 Thessalonians, goes away. So what do we do with this presupposition, so to speak, that's brought to Scripture? Is it true that in the New Testament, the New Covenant, that there's a basic distinction between Israel and the church? And really, you don't have to get much further than the first verse of First Thessalonians and see people run the chapter four to learn about the rapture. And I've done that in the past when I believed in the rapture at any moment theory. But just start in verse one, where Paul is writing to the church in Thessalonica. Now, I'm going to share with you a Greek word. And one of the reasons I wanted you to have the same translation that I'm using the Revised Standard Version, the Catholic Edition, RSV, or if you're an evangelical and you don't want to buy a Catholic Bible, I understand, uh, buy the ESV, the English Standard Version. They're very similar, and one's kind of almost an update of the RSV. I'm going to be sharing with you certain Greek words behind the English word, and I'm willing to be called out. We're having a new Luke21.com website showing up shortly after the first of the year. And we're going to have a special section where you can call me out. He said, how do you really know that word church means such and such in First Thessalonians 1.1? And you're willing to say, Steve, show us how you got to that. But until we get that up on the website, just make yourself a note if you want to call me out on this. But the word for church in 1 Thessalonians 1.1 is ecclesia. And the nice thing about in the Old Testament, when it was translated to Greek in the centuries before Christ, that was called the Septuagint. That was the Bible primarily that St. Paul used to evangelize people like in Thessalonica. Ecclesia, if you kind of listen to it a little bit, it's the Greek word that we get, for instance, the uh, English word ecclesiastical pertaining to the church. Well, it's very interesting that in the Old Testament, the Greek Old Testament, ecclesia 
was the very word used for the nation Israel. It was sometimes translated assembly, and I'm, I tried to find out yesterday because I went to an Assemblies of God college and studied theology, and I was wondering, did the Assemblies of God come from this? Because it was the Old Testament word for the congregation of Israel. And here Paul is writing to the Thessalonians, and we can look back to the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 17, it tells about how Paul, when he visited Thessalonica for three consecutive weeks, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath and was teaching the scriptures. Now, by going into the synagogue, obviously, he's sharing with the Jews about Jesus fulfilling these Old Testament promises. But it also says in Acts 17, and there's a great many Greeks or Gentiles also responded to Paul's message. So the church in Thessalonica was both Jew and Gentile. And Paul writes to them to the ecclesia in Thessalonica. That's the very word used for ancient Israel. And in the Old Testament, there was a distinction between Israel and the church. In the New Testament, no. There's now a continuity for this. And it's very interesting. You don't even have to um, believe me about ecclesia behind the word church here if you happen to have an old edition of the King James Bible, beloved by millions around the world. If you go to Acts chapter 7, And verse 38, in the King James Version, it says this, This was he that was in the church in the wilderness when the angel was spake to him in Mount Sinai, speaking to Moses. The church in the wilderness. Ecclesia. It's the same word because it's the same thing. Now, how did this work? Well, who are the chosen people? Uh, There's probably movies. Uh, I just went to Merriam-Webster Dictionary, went to Wikipedia, Google. It's very common. You put in the chosen people. It's, of course, the Jews, the Israelites. And, for instance, in in Deuteronomy chapter 14 and verse 2, for you are a people holy to the Lord your God, and the Lord has chosen you to be a people for his own possession out of all the peoples that are on the face of the earth. Now, that was the Old Testament. But do you know that in the New Testament, the chosen people are both Jew and Gentile together in the ecclesia, the church of God in Thessalonica? It's now one not two distinct peoples. And so the very presupposition of the entire rapture theory is built upon dispensationalism. And I'll give you some proof of that in a future episode. And if you take away dispensationalism, you don't have the contemporary rapture theory. Now, I just quoted you, Deuteronomy 14, where it says, you are people holy to the Lord, for the Lord has chosen you. Remember I said to you when I opened and read the scriptures in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 4 that it's important? For St. Paul says, For we know, brethren, beloved by God, the brethren were Jews and Gentiles together, one people in the church of God, and it says, 
that he has chosen you. Guess what? That's the same word used for God choosing the Jews, his special people, beloved by God in the Old Testament. And it's not that God has chosen the Gentiles and exiled the Jews. No, it's now expanded that both Jew and Gentile are now the one people in Christ. Now, how did that work? Well, ask you a simple question. You should know the answer, but I'll answer it. I mean, who's the father of all the Jews? It was Abraham. And when God called Abraham back in Genesis, he says, and in your offspring, who's the offspring of Abraham? Ultimately, you go to the first chapter of the New Testament, Matthew, it's Jesus Christ. And in your offspring shall all nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So the promise from the beginning was to Abraham that all nations would be blessed, but then through Moses, it got centered into the Jews only were chosen for a special reason. But when the descendant of Abraham came on the scene, Jesus Christ, he now has a people, an ecclesia, that involves both Jew and Greek as one people of God. So, dispensationalism doesn't make it through the first paragraph of First Thessalonians. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening and watching Luke 21. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy, visit us online at luke21.com.